I'm going to try to be more succinct. Just God damn it. Fail step one. <laughs> I'm going to try to be a succinct, succinct. I've never said that word out loud before. I'm trying to be more succinct in my word. You want your alley 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 with the slam dunk. <laughs> Welcome back to um, our wonderful Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, a podcast about the award-winning American animated series from Nickelodeon, no relation to those movies that you might be thinking about. My name's Noah. I'm Summer. Okay, here's the problem. I am writing this notebook, and I keep writing at the front of it and then flipping it upside down and starting from the back. Not even between episodes. I have stuff for the episode at the front and the back. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong with that system. Absolutely yeah. not. I want to get a little clo- I want to get I want to get a little closer to the mic. Okay. So some quick trivia about the show. Oh, some some more trivia yeah, before we, had, we start. We're going to be doing trivia every episode, my oh, boy. Oh wow. Um this show was originally supposed to be set in the future. What? I didn't know that. You didn't know this? I did not know like that. A thousand years. Kind of like very futuristic. Adventure time. The more important fact was that Momo was originally intended to be a, a little robot. <laughs> what? Um, so another thing is that Dante Bosco and Mae Whitman, the actress who does uh, Katara's voice. Okay. As they were doing this show, they were also working on another show together. Any ideas? I'm going through the uh, Dante Basco list on, on my mind right now. And all I can think about is uh, American Dragon Jake yep, Long. You got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, so I have one uh, further bit of information that I, despite my efforts, was unable to verify. Um, so this, take it with a grain of salt. Um, mm-hmm. However, I was led to believe <laughs> that the first pick for voice actor for Zuko Someone who who was set aside due to scheduling conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor that they originally intended to voice Zuko was Jeff Goldblum. What? <laughs> <laughs> he, he has he has the chillest voice that you could possibly have. He he, he just kind of talks like this. You're doing your best, but it's I'm, not good this enough. This is my Jeff Goldblum impression. I have to uh, find my 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 honor. Um, my father. <laughs> Gave me this uh, this scar on my on my eye, and um, actually, I'm gonna challenge you to uh, to an Agni Kai. Honor finds a way. I'm pi- <laughs> I'm not gonna get into the details of what we do on this podcast. It's very clear. We we talk about the show. We talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. If you're not interested in hearing about Avatar: The Last Airbender, get the fuck out of here. Now that they're gone, anyone in this chat smoke weed? <laughs> No. Team Avatar is flying up to the Southern Air Temple. Mm-hmm. They've started their journey. Aang is so excited. He's very excited, and I don't think that he's genuinely learned 
what death is. I, I was under the impression that it was very clear that the airbenders were all dead. I thought that was just common knowledge. And I thought Katara made that very clear, but apparently not. Aang is, he's excited to introduce his friends to his 200-year-old mentor? Yeah, he's got to be very old <laughs> yeah. at this point. I don't know what he's expecting, to be honest. I mean, maybe it's like just a normal thing for like air nomads to live up to like 300 years old. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like, shouldn't your friends be dead? And it's like, they probably haven't even reached like middle age by now. Uh, So Sokka is sleeping. Aang is trying to wake him up like it's Christmas morning. Sokka's having a hard time waking up. It's Sokka's sleeping episode. Sokka's mm. lazy episode. Despite Aang's best effort can't get him up so Aang does a little twig trick first of all two things uh he says there's a prickle snake in his sleeping bag that's his his way to try to get Sokka out out of bed hey there's a prickle snake (laughs) trying to get him out um unfortunately I wrote (laughs) I wrote prickle snack (laughs) prickle snake prickle rick um on the (laughs) please don't on the wiki where it says prickle snack. Shit, I, I wrote it. I'm going to edit it right now so I don't keep saying prickle snack. <laughs> keeps reading it as prickle snack. On the wiki where it says prickle snake, there's no link. So I can only imagine what a prickle snake is supposed to be. Like a porcupine snake. Well, then is it, why isn't it a porky, a porky snake does sound a little weird. <laughs> this fake prickle snake gets Sokka out of his little sleeping bag. So they have a good laugh about the prickle snake prank. The pickle prank. And then we cut to Zuko and Iroh. They're sailing in. They dock at this Fire Nation location. It's kind of ambiguous. Their ship looks like garbage. Oh, it looks like shit. They deplane. They get down on the tarmac. Zhao shows up. The tarmac for boats. The boat mac. And then Zhao uh, shows up. This very high-ranking Fire Nation dude. Zhao is... One of the most boring characters of the show, I think. He is bad. I don't like to look at him. He's like the Mr. Big of the Avatar universe. He's not even that interesting of a character. He makes a point to point out that he just got promoted from captain to commander. We just went to a military promotion. Oh, yeah, we did. And then he left. So my brother just got promoted to captain in the Air Force and then immediately quit his job. Look, I don't really know how it works, but I am so glad. Wait, Callan, if you're listening, you're great, but I am so much happier that you're with Microsoft now. Just recently learned that a captain in the Navy is a much higher ranking than like a captain in the Air Force. Okay. That was what I learned at Callan's promotion. Zhao notices that there's um, quite a lot of damage to the ship, and he's a little curious. Mm-hmm. He prompts them to explain what happened. And this is interesting because Zhao immediately seems to have some kind of suspicion that Zuko yeah. found the Avatar, which for someone as shitty as Zhao, for him to immediately assume that, that Zuko just accomplished what he was doing, yeah, it, it is a little like... I don't know, maybe he knows more than he's letting on, Mm -hmm. or I don't know. And then Zuko obviously doesn't want to tell anyone that they found the Avatar, because then it would just sort of create this race, essentially, to to catch Mm -hmm. the Avatar. He immediately wants to come up with some kind of a, a bluff to cover the truth. He can't think of anything, so he just, he just turns the responsibility onto Iroh. 
And then Iroh mm-hmm. just immediately just turns it right back. <laughs> so Zuko basically is like, oh yeah, well, we, uh, what, what did we do, Iroh? And Iroh's like, I don't know. What did we do? <laughs> Zuko's like, fuck. I, well, there is a uh, Earth Kingdom ship. You know, they ran into an Earth Kingdom ship. Apparently, we just kind of ran into them. We didn't. <laughs> we, we just. Didn't. We just were really bad at driving. We were going too fast. Uh, Zhao makes a a good, funny little face. There are so many funny faces. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially because the frames are done in such a way that these faces are left on the screen for a good solid two, three, four yeah. seconds sometimes. It's supposed to be like a sum of all of the facial expressions <laughs> of what they should be feeling. And it's just kind of like. Yeah. So face watch. Zhao has a good one here. Zhao invites them to have a drink and Zuko immediately turns him down. And Iroh's like, uh, tea though. Tea's good. I like to have a tea and says why don't we not be disrespectful and just go hang out with him for a little bit is it is Zhao like implying like alcoholic drinks uh, that was my immediate thought when someone says join me for a drink yeah that's usually alcohol. it's usually like not tea it's not like join me for some orange juice yeah or and then Iroh is like I would fucking love and I'm just thinking like just a straight whiskey but no of course Iroh wants a, a cup of tea so so maybe Zhao was going for for, like mm-hmm. drink drinks and and Ira okay. was like yeah absolutely let's have a cup of calming ginseng tea mm-hmm. we cut back to I don't want to keep calling them team avatar especially because that's that's a legend of Korra term isn't it the gang so we cut back to the gang and they're flying in and Sokka's hungry. Um, Sokka makes a funny face. I can't remember it right now. It's a good one though. Katara initially, she's just in this scene, she's trying to prepare Aang for what he's going to see. Aang is clearly still deep in denial. He seems to be like having a mental block of like even considering people are dead. As far as I'm aware, he's never seen any war or death or anything in his whole life. So there's no reason for him to be anything but optimistic. Back at the tent, they're having tea. Zhao is is going on a, a little bit of a monologue with this huge map. It's actually the, the first map, I guess, other than like what we see in the opening. It's the first sort of map that we see of the world. I did want to also mention something interesting. There are some Chinese characters uh, above and below the map, I believe just in the opening. Mm -hmm. It's like a little rhyming couplet and it translates to by four powers divided by one, the world is guided. That's adorable. Isn't that cute? I like that. Does it kind of rhyme in Chinese and English? Um, Technically. Okay. When I found this information, it says it rhymes in Chinese And then it just translated it literally to powers are divided into four. The world is guided by one. And then I personally (laughs) made it rhyme. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Zhao is interrogating Zuko a little bit about what exactly was going on. And Zuko continues to sort of deny what he's doing. Iroh has already finished his tea. He's just wandering around. He seems to be acting like he's finished his tea. He's and had he's, too much tea. He's had too much tea. <laughs> and he's just fidgeting with. He's <laughs> over cabinet. 
He's like me at every party where I'm really not paying attention to what anyone's saying and I'm just looking through people's stuff. When I was watching this scene, I was actually thinking about something I heard about Ghibli movies, uh, the animation in those movies. I don't know if we've ever talked about this personally, but Hayao Miyazaki feels like he has like a kind of moral responsibility. The way that he does his animation, he wants to make sure that he doesn't skip anything, even just the little things. So like you'll see someone running and they'll skip over a little rock. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, just an average animator will just have a person running and they'll get to their destination. He doesn't want to skip the little tiny uh, moments yeah, like how there's like a whole minute and a half scene in Kiki's delivery service where she's just like trying to go into the bathroom. She doesn't want anyone to see her in her pajamas, in her slip. And so she comes out and then she goes back in and she peeks out and then she walks up, she trips over a step. But that is something I've noticed watching Avatar. They do, they do a, a similar thing where they have little tiny bits, little frames and little moments that you don't you don't usually get to experience with a normal show. Yeah. Yeah, that was what I was thinking about when Iroh was in the background just kind of fidgeting around with the spears and knocking them over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the soldiers show up in the tent and confirm like, oh, we interrogated Zuko's buddies and they said, oh, uh, uh yeah, yeah, the avatar mm -hmm. was <laughs> He was here, yeah. Which seems like What's the a, problem? That seems like a huge loose end. I have no idea what kind of deal he has with his crew. If they're like even like loyal to Zuko or They probably he's... fucking hate him. Yeah. <laughs> probably. So Zhao just kind of not locks them up, but detains them right there and he says, oh, Well, um, I think this is uh my job now and I'm gonna be the one to bring the Avatar home. Uh we cut back to the gang and they're up at the Southern Air Temple now. They're kinda walking around and Aang is he's so excited to be home. And he did just like leave this in his brain he left this place just like a couple days ago. He ran away. He woke up in an iceberg and then he ended up with these kids and they were like, we don't know where the airbenders are. And he's like, well, let's just go back. I would be just so incredibly on edge and like just so anxious about this because it's like, I need to go back and make sure that what you're telling me is true. But if it is true, I don't want to think about what that means. Mm -hmm. And if it's not true, then I have a lot to explain if they're wrong about about it being a hundred years and he returns just a couple days later okay. and he has to explain that he just ran off and he's bringing <sighs> strangers is, to the that temple. That is true. <laughs> Katara also makes a point to say like, oh, we're, we're like the first outsiders to ever be invited into a place like this. For Aang, he is clearly in denial about what's going on, but for him to, to just bring strangers in, like he's mm -hmm. obviously, there's a part of him who feels like, there's something unusual going on and it's okay for him to overstep the rules in this situation. He's showing them around and he points out the airball court. Yeah. He's very excited. And then um, you see his face fall a little bit as he realizes how fucked up the place is. It, it's empty. No one's there. Yeah, it's empty. There's just kind of weeds overrunning everything. Everything looks pretty dead. No bison. It's starting to sink in a little bit like, hmm, okay, something's definitely different. And then his friends see that he's starting to get really upset. And Sokka's like, well, uh, airball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
How about that? <laughs> They're really procrastinating on like kind of addressing that all his friends are dead. Yeah. I mean, they've already tried to tell him, mm-hmm. but so they go play some Quidditch. Quidditch on a bunch of poles. Aang tries to show Sokka how it's done by just owning him immediately. Mm-hmm. So this is a game that you can only really play if you're an airbender. It's like a ball, but it's just got like a bunch of holes in it. So you could just easily kind of lift it around with like airbending and stuff. Sokka is not an airbender. And when he like does this goal, he says like, Aang seven, Sokka zero or something. So he's like scored like seven goals against Sokka who just can't even play. It's like playing like Smash Brothers with someone and their like controller isn't even plugged in. To be fair with this game, if you were strong enough, you could just throw that ball real hard. You could get it to the other side by lobbing it. So Sokka's just weak. He is weak. In the meantime, Katara is over off on the side and she notices a Fire Nation helmet. Sokka is rubbing his wounds. Katara motions him over to show it to him and they both decide, yeah, we should we should definitely tell Aang about this. Like, it's very clear that the Fire Nation was here and Aang needs to know this. And so they call him over. Aang comes over and normally in a scene like this, the character will say something like, man, I'm having such a great time. I'm so glad the Fire nation was never here and that they didn't kill my family but like ang just kind of walks over he doesn't really say anything Mm -hmm. of significance and they just immediately change their minds for no reason (laughs) well i guess Sokka doesn't really change his mind but katara pulls the snow down through some nifty little water bending and covers the helmet with it which i want to point out like not Everybody can snowbend. That's like a pretty advanced skill for a waterbender. Is it? Yes, because it was something that was mentioned in the wiki. Out of her panic, she <laughs> learned snowbending. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been so anxious that you bent snow? I've bended snow into snowballs. However, she and a lot of waterbenders are from poles, so they they, they deal with snow frequently. Sokka gets a little bit upset with Katara for trying trying to hide this from Aang as they uh, sort of cut to a scene where they're walking up towards the air temple. Katara just tells him that she thinks maybe he's not ready or or maybe it's just not necessary to tell him about this and it would just be kind of like un- unnecessarily devastating. And um, I'm just thinking like, how the fuck yeah. are they going to keep this from him forever? <laughs> like, yeah. they can't just... Especially, they're already here. I guess no one's home. He's obviously, he's going to figure it out. You might as well, I'm imagining myself in Katara's shoes and it's like, he's going to figure it out. And maybe she just doesn't want to be the one to say it. With something as like kind of traumatic as this, you're not sure what kind of way would be the best way to tell them. Yeah, maybe she's just kind of waiting for a more... A more dramatic way to tell him. <laughs> they get up to the air temple and there's a big statue of Monk Yatso. Monkey Yatso? Monk Yatso. Monko Yatsi. Monk Yatso is considered, according to the wiki, he's considered Aang's father figure, which is cute. Oh. Yeah. Amongst other things, like his teacher and his mentor. And so his- like implied by Zuko, they don't really have traditional families. You kind of get assigned a dad. Government assigned father. <laughs> Damn, I wish that were me. I also looked up Gyatso just out of curiosity. And um, what do you think the name means? Dad. Nah. What does it mean? Ocean. Oh, cute. Ng introduces his friends to the statue 
and then we get a little cut scene, sort of a flashback with Aang and Yatso when he was there before. At first glance, it seems like Yatso's sort of trying to teach Aang some sort of deep lesson, and then he just kind of pulls this colorful pie out of an oven mm-hmm. and sets it down with four other. I think it's three like other pies, three other pies, all a different color. Not that it matters, but they are mm-hmm. fun to look at. He has a sense of aesthetic. Oh yeah, um, Yatso gay. It's a little bit of a rainbow. Confirmed. <laughs> uh, that was something also, it's kind of a side note. In the comics, they- Gay Yatso. They, they, do mention, mm, uh, they do mention that there are commonly same-sex sort of relationships in the amongst the air nomads, which is nice to hear. Aang is sitting on the ledge pondering his, his uh, position that was thrust upon him. Wondering why he was chosen to be the avatar and what exactly that meant, etc., etc., and Gatso's like, hey, you know what? Why why are you even bothering thinking about this? You got to live a little. You got to just chill, exist in the moment a little bit more, which is interesting with this kind of a dynamic student teacher, especially in like sort of a martial arts setting. It's usually the student who's very impatient and just wants to learn new whatever it's sort of like what Zuko's been like so far interested in in the exciting bits and the wiser mentor saying oh you need to learn patience and you need to learn uh discipline and the the wide shape of things rather than these little impulsive desires but this is a very flipped dynamic where the student is worried about the the big picture. And Gatso is just like, just chill. Have a good time. We're here to have a good time. Something that they discuss, some room that he's supposed to go in and meet someone. So Aang does push Gyatso on this a little bit. And Gyatso says, oh, you know, eventually when you're old enough, you'll enter the air temple and you'll meet someone there who will guide you in your journey but then he encourages Aang to just kind of not think about that right now because it's not really what he's supposed to be thinking about yet. And then they they pie some old dudes. Mm-hmm. They line up all the pies. They launch them with airbending, I'm assuming. <laughs> I forget how they launch them. Um, yeah, they do some good airbending. They launch the pies and they make a little sound when they fly in the air. It's like... That's a really good imp- that that's a really good impression. It's about the su- it's a it's a grown stick. This, a, gr- a grown the stick. The instrument used to make this noise is called a grown stick. It's also called a bayo stick or a noise stick. I just want to make sure that you okay. all know that, just in case you need to search it on the internet so you can buy one. It's about stick size. It's and about it's about the size of a stick. And when you turn it upside down, it goes. Wait, say that again. All four of the pies go. And they fly on all four of the meditating monks. They're um they're the temple elders. The temple elders. Uh, I just want to say, like, they're they're definitely used to this. Yeah, because Monk Gyatso is being like, oh, your aim's getting a lot better now. <laughs> your aim. Your aim. <laughs> then you hear 
The second, also very important audio cue is the like the little lemur song. Is like, <laughs> and I'm like, you get like a bunch of lemur lemurs start going, and then they just like start licking the pies off them, and then you hear like it sounds like like an oboe or something. It's like I already made the noise. We cut back to Aang and his friends standing in front of the statue, and Aang is making this. It's okay. Here's the thing. It's supposed to be like a very like nostalgic, serious kind of like sad <laughs> moment where they're standing there like reminiscing or Aang's reminiscing about the past and he's making this face that I just can't take seriously. <laughs> it's like a It's like if Deg Deg were sad. <laughs> yeah, a disappointed Lenny face. They walk up through the corridor up to the temple and uh, we see the doors to the temple, which very much look like they're colored in with a, uh, just a big crayon, with the exception of the enormous locking mechanism, which is some weird, like completely out of place, like 3D art. Mm-hmm. I love it, though. This very strange combination of art styles. Yeah. Sokka asks if Aang has a key and Aang's like, the key, and I'm just thinking about fucking Bear Grylls. The key is to drink your own piss. <laughs> I, like, I've watched way too much Disney Channel. It's Bear Grylls Di- Disney Channel? Yes. I'm Bear Grylls, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> the key is airbending, obviously. Obviously, it's an air yeah. temple. Uh, so Aang could have done this before he was 16. or That's true. Aang could have done this before he was quote-unquote old enough because he already knew how to airbend before mm-hmm. he left, but yeah. okay. Sokka's still hungry. Aang does open up the air temple with his, his big old air gusty thing. Watching this scene every single time, I was still thinking about the fucking groan sticks just mm-hmm. because they're silly to listen to and they get stuck in my brain. And as the door was opening up, it just sounds like a groan stick, but like just slowed down <laughs> and like really loud. I think they only had like six objects in the Foley department. So the door opens up, we get the big, Oh, we get the, uh, wait, no, we, let me just, let me make this joke. Wait, did you want to say something before it opens? Yeah, we get the uh, locking mechanism unlocking and then you get all the good uh, CGI kind of graphics. Very high quality comparable to a uh, point and click puzzle adventure game that you would play. And then you hear like just the three people working on the foley um, blowing on their root beer bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Zuko and Iroh. Zhao is, surprised, still being just a dick. Mm-hmm. dick. They're still hanging out in that tent. It feels like a bottle episode. <laughs> Try that again. Okay. Dick? They're, they're all still in that tent. It's starting to feel like a bottle episode. It's true. It's like they're just in one tent for the whole episode. Yeah. They only had one set. Mm-hmm. The temple's actually inside the the tent, just <laughs> off to the side. And if you get the widescreen version, you can see Aang and his friends walking in. But Zhao is just making fun of Zuko for like not being able to take care of this 12 year old and mm-hmm. and saying oh you were never cut out for this and and like at first if you're watching this you're just kind of like 
well, this was what Zuko was sent out to do. Like, why are you being so rude to him? Like, this was his mm-hmm. job. But it slowly kind of comes to you, especially based on some of the foreshadowing in earlier parts of the episode. Zuko was being sent on a wild goose chase by his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad never expected him to find the Avatar. Yeah. Expected or wanted. He did not give any fucks. And Zhao makes this very clear, like, Oh, if if your father ever wanted you to come home, he would have just let you come home. Mm-hmm. If he loved you, he wouldn't make you do this. He would just let you come back home. Here's something else that Zhao says. Oh, you got defeated by like a 12-year-old. Like, that's a very accurate estimate of this kid's biological age. That's true. I was going to say, well, yeah, Zuko probably just told him. But then I was like, how would Zuko know? <laughs> Zuko gets really angry about this, obviously. So Sorry, I was just thinking about Zhao. There's like, how could you let a biologically 12-year-old <laughs> destroy your ship? Zuko gets really offended, obviously, because he's got a lot of pride. Not only that, but like reasonably so. This motherfucker just came in here and told him, oh, your dad doesn't love you. You're not good for shit. And Zuko went out there and actually found the avatar. He definitely did that. Like he's being an overachiever right now. I would, this is exactly how I would react if I were Zuko. What are you doing? <laughs> Literally, what are you it's doing? Like, it's like if you were sent out to find Bigfoot and then you couldn't find Bigfoot for two years, you finally found him and then he got away. Oh, you found Bigfoot, but he got away. Zuko pushes Zhao, Zhao pushes back and the tea table gets flipped over and like just without missing a single fucking beat, Iroh immediately demands more tea. He doesn't care about anything that's going on in this room, but w- mm-hmm. as soon as the tea table gets flipped over, he's like, this needs to be rectified immediately. They- they do mention that he is retired. Who? Iroh. When you're retired, nothing in the workplace really matters. Back at the Air Temple, they're taking a look at the statues inside of the temple. And we found out that there's statues inside the yeah, temple. Yeah, there's a bunch of statues. Initially, they're a little bit disappointed. These aren't people. They're just rocks. I mean, it's still very impressive. Hundreds of statues. It's, it's like a little museum. They're all like arranged, kind of like spiraling around. There's so many of them and they're beautiful. They're very, very well done. They almost immediately notice that they're in order of bending styles. Oh, it's a waterbender. Oh, it's an earthbender. It's a firebender. It's an airbender. And then Katara points out, oh, it's just the avatar cycle. They're all in order of the avatar cycle. Oh, these are all avatars. It's especially amazing when you when you really appreciate how many of these statues there are. There's a lot of them. Yeah. That's a really long time. Um, biblically, that doesn't check out. Sokka immediately steps in and he's like, you don't really believe in the avatar cycle, do you? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Ing recognizes Roku when he sees him and he says, oh, that's Roku, the avatar before Mm -hmm. me. And I think it was Katara who says, wait, how did you recognize him? Aang is like, oh, it's, um, I don't know. (laughs) He just, he just looks, I just know. There's no plaques on these, but they should have plaques on them. Why? I don't know. It'd be fun to know like little, little facts and tidbits about the avatars. Avatar Roku, Aquarius. (laughs) And then we see something approaching intruder there's something coming into the air temple and they only see the shadow of it but it has these pointy little horns it looks just like the horns on the top of the firebending helmet that they were just looking at earlier in the episode and it's slowly walking into the temple so they hide behind the statues and they're just kind of peering around looking at the shadow as it approaches 
Um, but it's just a lemur. Seeing this lemur, Aang and Sokka immediately switch into like a state of just pure primal desire. <laughs> Aang and Sokka are locked onto this lemur. So they run after the lemur. Uh, wait, <laughs> I guess we should say why. Yeah. <laughs> They're just running. Sokka is hungry. We know that. Aang desperately needs a pet lemur. He's having another cat at a party moment. Every time Aang sees a little buddy. He's got to get it. Not to be vegan on Maine, but this is how I feel like every day getting to a cow. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm trying to get there to hug the boy. And someone's trying to get there to eat the boy. So I wrote down for this scene also that Aang makes a funny face. <laughs> I'm surprised that Aang like just doesn't go into like the avatar state every time he <laughs> sees like a lemur or a penguin just so he can get to it faster. Back in the tent, Zuko shit. <laughs> <laughs> Zhao is still giving Zuko and Iroh a hard time and he's saying that he's going to keep them there and he's going to be the one to go out and catch the Avatar and bring him home. Because Zuko has nothing and Zhao has hundreds of warships. Hundreds. He has hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of warships. Zuko says some shit to Zhao. Iroh is like, yo, maybe... Mm, Maybe don't be so disrespectful. And Zuko, he's just done with this. And he challenges Zhao to an Agni Kai. So in the firebending culture, this is like battle to the death, basically. Oh. Then Iroh reasonably brings up, hey, hmm, you remember the last time you were in an Agni Kai? No, I don't know. What happened? Did something happen? Does my face look okay? Back at the Southern Air Temple, Aang is still chasing the lemur and follows him into a tent. He's just having a good, fun, happy time. Mm -hmm, yeah, but this is where the episode gets very dark very fast. He goes into this tent and he just finds piles and piles of Fire Nation armor. Like Aang continues into the tent, sort of making an out loud mental note. Oh, what? There's Fire Nation suits in here and then is immediately distracted by the fucking skeleton of his of his government issued dad yeah. even just watching it like at 25 years old i'm like this is this is a little much yeah this is, is bad i don't know how you put that in the script of a, of a nickelodeon show but i just want to say like this skeleton is in the middle of all of these Fire Nation soldiers. He took down so many yeah. people before he died. <laughs> Tens of dozens of them. We don't want to dwell on this scene too much. It's a very sad scene. Appropriately enough, Aang just goes just fucking straight into the Avatar state, which I did just watching this scene. My eyes started glowing. I floated into the air. The roof of my apartment flew off. My wig flew off. And Sokka gets blown back into the wall because it's a very, very powerful situation. But Katara's still back in the temple and she's hanging out with the statues still, just kind of studying them a little bit, I guess. As soon as Aang enters the Avatar state, they all light up, like one at a time, starting from uh, Roku. Not only that, but um, there are a couple of beacons just kind of around the world that start lighting up not 
insignificantly in the fire temple, the fire sages find their beacon lighting up. They then run back to bring that news to the fire lord, who is, of course, eagerly awaiting anything mm-hmm. to hear about the avatar. So it looks like we see one beacon per nation. Watching this, I was kind of like, well, I mean, he's already... He did it before. This isn't the first time he's entered the Avatar state in last the last episode. two episodes. Mm-hmm. But Katara does... She says something weird. She says, oh, it's his Avatar spirit. I'm not exactly sure how this works into the plot, especially just like moving forward. I don't think we ever hear anything kind of about the significance of this scene in particular. But I think it's just really... The idea is that Aang, he's not just entering his fight or flight avatar state he is really connecting with his spirit world sort of avatar soul i feel like he sort of understands the state of the world now katara sees that it's like a pretty desperate situation so she just says you know what i'm just gonna run over there and i'm gonna try to calm him down and as soon as she takes a step forward he starts to rise up off the ground and he's making helicopter sounds Back in Fireland, we get the opening of our Agni Kai, which... You finally understand why there was so little animation for the (laughs) earlier parts of their scenes. They're preparing for their battle, so they they do all their little removing of the robes, back-to-back kind of turning and whatnot. And then as they're sort of backing away from each other, Iroh's yelling at Zuko to remember his basics. The fight starts, of course, with Zuko because he just can't wait to get into this shit. But like almost immediately, Zhao overpowers him because Zuko, I think, was just... He completely ignored what Iroh said Mm -hmm. and he went in like emotions first and just tried to overpower him with, I don't know, what he thought like button mashing. (laughs) That's exactly Zuko's strategy for most things. He just button mashes. Zuko's lying on the floor. He realizes he's going to lose if he doesn't do something well. He seems to follow Iroh's instructions. And I don't know how this is basic. I don't know how to do it. But he sweeped Zhao off his feet and they ran off and eloped. No. (laughs) Zuko really... Knocks him off his balance. He gets knocked back a little bit. Zuko's back on his feet and Zhao is just, he was not prepared for Zuko to make a comeback like this. He did learn a lot, apparently. Mm -hmm. Literally all he had to do is listen to what Iroh was saying. Mm -hmm. So Zuko's been using a lot of foot swipes here too. It looks like that he's like trying to kick sand at Zhao, but the sand is fire. He's doing a lot of kick attacks, which is very bold. And I always forget about that and like bending. I just kind of assume that bending is just like just moving things with your hands like the force, but it's a lot of just different parts of your body, like your feet, your elbows, your breath. This could have easily, this scene uh, could have easily been just a sequel to Happy Feet. Angry Feet. This scene could have easily been a sequel to Footloose. Foot set loose. Smokey the Bear is fucking pissed off right now. You see him in the background watching this Agni Kai. The Smokey's in the background shedding a single tear. (laughs) 
So. With all of this fancy footwork, Zuko does, in fact, bring Zhao down to the ground. Zhao basically tells him to kill him, which is a weird <laughs> just... thing. That's a weird thing that villains do a lot for some reason. Mm, do it. But Zuko doesn't do it. This is just another little sign that maybe Zuko isn't evil after all. He's a man with honor. Did he have his honor with him all along? Zuko. The real honor was the tea we made along the way. When Zuko has Zhao kind of pinned down, Zhao's sort of throwing insults at him, like, you would never be able to do it anyway, you're such a coward, and Zuko's like, too mature for that, I guess. Um, so he, he just kind of starts to walk away, and Zhao gets up, he tries to get Zuko as he's walking away, he, like, kicks out. And then Iroh just, like... <laughs> extremely casually he just kind of steps in and he grabs Zhao's foot and immediately just throws him to the floor <laughs> just so so easily this is my favorite part in the wiki mm-hmm. it says Iroh throws Zhao to the ground with his bare hands <laughs> but like the whole fight was done with bare hands Zuko does turn around as if he's gonna start another tussle. Iroh, he looks so tired and he says, you know what, just don't don't bother. He says, don't taint your victory by retaliating. Iroh compliments his nephew for the first time ever. But I mean, like you can tell that Iroh has always really cared about Zuko and thought very highly of him. I just don't think he wanted to feed his extremely large Mm -hmm. ego. Iroh turns to Zhao and tells him, so this is how the great commander Zhao acts in the face of defeat. Just incredibly disappointing. You dishonor yourself. He's throwing such incredible shade at this dude. As he's walking away, he thanks Zhao for the tea. And I'm like, Iroh, thank you for the tea. But as they're exiting the Agni Kai sort of arena, Zuko says, did you mean all that back there? And Iroh's like, yeah, of course. Ginseng is my favorite tea. (laughs) At the Southern Air Temple, Aang is still having his panic attack and Katara is bringing him back down to earth, sort of comforting him. She reminds him that like she went through the same thing with her mom and she understands what he's going through and... She comforts him by telling him that he has a new family now. She and Sokka are going to be there for him no matter what. From Aang's perspective, it must be very nice to hear. Like, it's nice to know that there's someone there for you. So it does work, like, immediately. Aang comes down from his moment. He looks very sad, but he is okay. He's clearly finally at last over his denial. He doesn't have to worry about this anymore. The heaviness of the situation and the way that it's handled is is very well done. They go back up into the temple and Aang is just kind of wondering how Roku is going to help him since he's just a little statue. Uh, And Katara says, you know what? I'm sure you'll figure it out. They're about to sort of wrap up and the little lemur runs back in Mm-hmm. and just runs straight up to Sokka with yeah. just a heaping armful of fruits just of all shapes and sizes and drops them at Sokka's feet. And this is probably the first time that Sokka's ever eaten fruit. And then the lemur just runs up and goes to sit on Ing's shoulders, instantly comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. So they all walk out to board the bison. Katara is wondering what Aang wants to name Momo. Momo takes a fruit from Sokka and Aang just says, Momo, and they all laugh. And it makes 
no fucking sense. Yeah. And I would never have known this if I hadn't looked it up. The fruit that Momo took from Sokka was called a moon peach. Oh. So it's just like Momo, moon peach, Momo. I don't know why they expected us to know yeah. that. <laughs> Funny to no one but the writers. <laughs> so Aang has a pet Momo and Momo has a pet Sokka apparently. Momo is just kind of feeding this Sokka that he found, taking care of him. So the last scene in the episode is just them flying off on Appa and Aang looks back at the air temple and he looks a little sad. He looks very truly sad at the end of the episode. He look, he looks like a little nostalgic. He was kind of hoping to kind of come back home, but then he just kind of has to accept that it's never going to be that way anymore. It's time to talk about the characters. Aang, pick a movie. The Omen, Cruel Intentions, War Horse, The King's Speech, the Hunger Games, How to Train Your Dragon, Aladdin, Braveheart, or The Iron Giant. That's a lot of movies. Out of instinct, I would say The Iron Giant for Aang. There's just something about like the mood that feels right. Which statement most applies to Aang? You believe in the one you don't mind paying for love. You tend to only want people you can't have. You find it really hard to talk to the opposite sex. You're too busy to think about settling down. You like people who remind you of your parents. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You like the strong, silent type. Or you like to be worshipped. Hmm, this is difficult because most of these apply to Aang. But just like, again, from my heart and soul, I would just say the one or whatever, just because he is the chosen mm -hmm. one. That seems like appropriate for him. He believes in Pika Simpson's character. What? <laughs> Edna Krabappel, Milhouse Van Wait, Houten. why did you just Nelson say that? Nelson Muntz, Bart Simpson, Barney Gumble, Lisa Simpson, Mindy Simmons, Otto, Rainer Wolfcast. Can I share a secret with you? What? I've never seen a single episode of The Simpsons in my whole life. I can do the Simpson character one. All of these characters? Rude. Except for Lisa. So I'm going to say that for Aang, the one with the spiky hair. Pick a song. Just any song? Crazy Horses, The Osmonds, never heard of those. Don't Speak, No Doubt, never heard of those. Bastard. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've never heard of No Doubt? Uh, Bastard by Tyler, the creator. Papa Don't Preach, Madonna. I can't wait to be king, the Lion King. Killing Me Softly, the Fugees. I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman by Britney Spears. Uh, Talk Dirty to Me, Poison. And He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother by the Hollies. I'm going to go with the I'm Light, I'm Not Heavy, whatever that one was. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Because he's an he ain't heavy. He's an airbender. <laughs> he flies on a glider. Pick an emoji. The poop emoji, hair cutting emoji, skull emoji, princess emoji, a flexing emoji, flexing emoji. I knocked over the microphone as I was flexing with my bicep. Hey, do you think Aang has biceps? Crossing hands emoji, a baby face emoji. And like that uh, kind of Buckingham Palace Royal Guard person emoji. It's got to be the baby it's face. It's got to be the baby face emoji. Pick sport. Netball? What the fuck? Is airball on there? <laughs> Is netball just volleyball? Football. Weightlifting. Quidditch. Shot put. Horse racing. Fencing. Archery. 
rugby. Quidditch, because he can fly. Yeah, because he can fly. <laughs> Pick a Mr. Min character. Little Miss Trouble, Mr. Oh, Snow. Is this is this that like weird little comic with like the shape people? Yeah, they're just made of shapes with faces on them with tiny little legs and arms. Mr. Snow, Mr. Mean, no. Mr. Strong, Little Miss Magic, Mr. Small, Mr. Quiet, Little Miss Fickle, Mr. Perfect. What was it? Mr. Small? I think that's Aang. <laughs> Mr. Small, yeah. Aang is Jon Snow. Because he doesn't have a last name. He doesn't he doesn't have a last name. And he Famously uh, had oral sex with his aunt. <laughs> True or false? Zuko is creative. Is he creative? We learn in newer episodes that he has like some creative little uh, like sneaky doing stuff. He has a bit of flair. <laughs> <laughs> Zuko has a little bit of flair. I don't think he's naturally creative. I think he's creative when he's passionate about it, but it's not something that comes to him. True so, or false? False. True or false? Zuko is happy. False. <laughs> True or false, Zuko is passionate. True, very true. Zuko has high self-esteem. If you have high self-esteem, does that mean that you love yourself or you hate yourself? I feel like Zuko hates himself. But he's trying to make it seem like he's very proud of himself and that he's very confident in his mm -hmm. abilities. He seems very... I don't think he has high self-esteem right now. He either has the highest self-esteem or the lowest self-esteem. No, I think the fact that he's like so aggressive means that he's compensating for his low self-esteem. True or false, Zuko is bubbly. Very false. Good at fixing things. False. He's good at breaking things. Zuko is an open book. He's a very closed book, I think. He's easy to pry open. Zuko is clever. Hmm... I think he is. Yeah. I think he's trying to make himself seem like he's stronger than he is clever, but I think he's mm -hmm. actually more clever than he is strong. That's very true. He is clever, but he doesn't want people to think he's a nerd. Does Zuko prefer fiction to fact? I don't think he's ever preferred fiction. Does Zuko like who he is? No, absolutely not. Does Zuko tend to be lonely? Definitely. Does Zuko know who he is? He doesn't. He's a perfect example of someone who's just very confused with themselves. True or false, Zuko is good with computers. <laughs> He's never been in front of a computer. Maybe he'd be a hacker. Zuko relies on an outside source for his happiness. Abs of course, yeah. Which word best suits Zuko's temperament? Cold, calm, laid back, excited, mischievous. These are all... <laughs> now, I'm going to step in here and say okay. something. Because yeah. cold, you automatically okay. want to dismiss because he's a hot he's boy. Hot. Okay, but he is cold. But his personality is very cold. He's got a cold personality. And that's why... That's, that's why? the thing that's holding him back as a firebender. It's an... Ooh. Which one of the seven sins best suits Zuko. Pride, wrath, sloth, lust, greed, and fear. Wrath. Or pride? No, wrath. But I do feel like pride would fit a lot better, actually. What best describes Zuko's opinion on death? It doesn't have to be that boring. I'm happy to help with people learn what it's like firsthand. I am afraid. I have accepted that it is inevitable, or I am determined to find a means of immortality. Help trying to help people understand what it means. I don't know. Maybe. I think you're reading him a little too shallowly. Okay. Shallowly. He seems to be the kind of person who is very afraid of death. That's true. Especially like being familiar with it. As we find out later in the series, Zuko does not take death lightly. And that's kind of what separates him. 
What best describes Zuko's ability with computers? <laughs> I'm just going to say like computers could apply to like a, some sort of steampunk contraptions of the Fire Nation, maybe. Or just think about it in technical abilities. I can fix them. I can hack them. I use them for art. I use them for writing. I use them for fun. Or I suck with them. I feel like Zuko would suck with computers. I feel like he would use them for fun. Zuko seems like the kind of person to be really into FPS games. He he would be. Man, Zuko would play a lot of Call of Duty. How well does Zuko handle expectations? I will do better than the last person. I will be great. I want to do well, but I can't. I don't. I think he says he will do better than the last person because he seems to be always seeing himself as how he's compared to other people. Which art is Zuko best at? Music, writing, visual, cooking, drama, or seduction? Cooking. <laughs> okay. No, he'd be worse at that. He'd he's burn really, it all. He's famously oh, okay. bad at cooking. In my opinion, he's probably best at visual art. Yeah. Because I think that's how he sees firebending a lot of the time as like something beautiful and impressive. You have to remember that Zuko has been raised as a fancy boy. He is a prince. The Disney prince we should have had. How does Zuko handle social interaction? People are not naturally drawn to me. I like to flirt. I like to tease my friends. I never know what to say. I accidentally creep people out. I'm fun at parties. I avoid it at all costs. Or everyone is an idiot. Oh man, so so many of these are so applicable. Maybe I accidentally creep people out because I feel like that that's the main theme of the character Zuko. What? Is, how does that song go? I'm a creep. I'm a... I wish I was special or something. You're so fucking special. That's about, that part's about Aang. The main theme of Zuko is that he always leaves big impressions on people that he doesn't want to. How sincere is Zuko in his pleasure of things? Very sincere, standard, or ironic? I feel like every time he drinks tea with Iroh, Iroh would be like, how's this tea, Zuko? And Zuko's like, this is great tea. I'm loving it. Loving ba -da -ba -ba -ba. here. I'm Zuko. <laughs> How popular is Zuko? Very popular? Moderate? Not popular. Very popular. Why would you say that? Because uh, he's been banished. How is Zuko's opinion on violence? Violence is necessary. Violence is only necessary in certain occasions or pacifism. I think he feels like violence is necessary. What's more important, brains or beauty? Probably brains for Zuko. Whose company does he prefer? Animals, friends, family, books, movies, games, etc., or a significant other? Family. I was going to say the same thing. Like, he doesn't appear to like Iroh, but mm -hmm. I think he holds his relationship with Iroh mm -hmm. dearer than anything yeah. in his life. Mm -hmm. The whole reason that Zuko's like doing this whole thing is like for his dad. He just wants his dad to like him. He just wants his dad to like him. <laughs> Family seems to be very important to Zuko. Do you have any idea what this quiz is for? I have no for? idea what this quiz is. Zuko is Dirk Strider. <laughs> that is really perfect. <laughs> Splinters upon splinters upon splinters. I just want to read the description because it is okay. good. You may feel sad, broken. That is okay. You may not know this, but your guilt is proof of your kindness. Through your cleverness, you can concoct brilliant, detailed, and near foolproof plans. And if they do go wrong, you have the wits, determination, and strength to fix things. Despite how you see yourself, others look at you and admire the creativity, humor, and your ability to ma maintain a calm facade. Very true. That's good. 
good character study. So we're just doing Aang and Zuko for this episode because that took a little while mm-hmm. and we want to save a little bit of the characterization for some other yeah. episodes. But Aang and Zuko are definitely the sort of the main focus character-wise for this episode. So that was fun. It's time to ask you some questions from Avatar fans of ye oldie times, mm-hmm. 2006. I'm ready. I have a question from Elemental Harmony who asks, where was the Moapa? Appa slash Momo is my OTP. Mm. Momo and Appa haven't really met yet. They don't really know each other yet. You find out they have a lot of chemistry. This person's an idiot. Why did they ask this question so early? (laughs) Well, we'll we'll find out. They're both animals and they're both hanging out. So they have everything in common. Mm -hmm. I do want to, in the show, Aang, when they're leaving the air temple, he says, the three of us are the only living relics from this place, so we have to stick together, which is true. Momo, Appa, and Aang are the only things left. That's really good. What I love about this show is usually... A show has like the the whole crew and they have like their animal friend, but this crew has two animal friends. That's true. They tried is, to fit in as many as they could. <laughs> it's completely unnecessary. No. When Aang is airbending the little pies with Gyatso, mm-hmm. Gyatso says, you'll meet someone very important in the air temple who will guide you for the rest of your journey. Okay. And when we go into the air temple, we find Roku and Roku doesn't really have anything to offer Aang in this episode. It's clearly meant to um, imply that Momo was the person he was meant to, to meet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take this one step further. I'm going to drop one on you. Monko, <laughs> Monko, <laughs> Momo is the reincarnation of Monk Gyatso. I'm really angry right now. Why? Angry. Because I was fucking going to say this. <laughs> when we were watching this, I yeah. paused the show because I was like, something just hit me like a fucking yeah. brick. Like, it, he's the exact same, like, little playful spirit. He's secretly mm-hmm. very wise. And he's obviously <laughs> helpful because he brought Sokka all it's, the little foods. And very specifically and weirdly, Momo led Aang straight to Monk Gyatso's corpse. I'm like so angry that I've, I've seen this show so many times and this is the first time I've realized I could have been watching this show mm-hmm. all the way through knowing that was Gyatso. So Monk Gyatso is kind of like a Aang's father figure. Is kind of like a parallel with the movie Aladdin. Because remember, Aladdin's little monkey pet, Abu, translates to dad. Oh my God. So an Arabic Abu means father of. So in Aladdin, he's just calling the monkey dad. Question two comes from Caffeine Jedi. Did you ask this question? Probably. I mean, I could have. It sounds like a username I would have had. I get the fact that on occasion, something will catch fire. But are you telling me is wearing fire resistant clothes? (laughs) I'm telling you is wearing fire-resistant clothes occasionally will catch fire, but telling you, am I really? Am I telling you will catch fire-resistant clothes? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of, like, physics kind of stuff we could get into. Many with this physics show. in this stuff we get to in. I think the joke is done. Okay. Last question comes from Noodles Ang Colbert. It's my favorite political satire show. I didn't know that the Avatar was going to be here. <laughs> Listen, I didn't know either. We just have one question left. Noah, what are your cabbages? (coughs) Okay, my cabbages are... (gasps) 
And, and no, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, here are my cabbages. You're Cute by Tenny Sun. Uh, Mission 4, in parentheses, Factory by RAC. Black Truck by Mereba. Uh, Green Rain by Shugo Tokumaru. And uh, Girls and Boys by Blur. My cabbages are Mike Mills by Air. I Get Wet by Andrew W.K. Grays by Animal Collective. Also Frightened by Animal Collective. Side to Side by Ariana Grande. Get Alive by AU. And Since I Left You by The Avalanches, I think. You think it's The Avalanches? I think those are my cabbages. Anything else you want to talk about for this episode? No, I was I was thinking about some stuff, but maybe I'll save it for some later episodes. I just like before we wrap up, I just want to say this is a very, very good episode. And it's very impressive that they can create an episode so early that is so, mm-hmm. so, so good and deep and it doesn't yeah. throw you off. It's about 20 minutes per episode. So this is only about like starting like 40 minutes in the show and then it already gets you very emotionally invested. You already care so much about these characters and their backstories and their transgressions. It's very impressive that mm-hmm. they can do that in just such a short amount of time. Yeah, I'd like to plug some stuff before we go because we forgot to do that in the last episode. So first of all, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's Dollar Ghost. And since Twitter seems to be dying a little bit, you can find me on Tumblr, uh, Interstellar Princess. And I don't know, we're in a weird kind of social media moment right now on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at OwlDude. You can find me on Tumblr at Owl Dude. Um, don't find me on Facebook. And finally, I do want to encourage you to check out Noise Space, Matt's uh, website where he's hosting us for free and he's hosting a, a lot of other wonderful shows that you can find there at noisespace.xyz. There's a lot of good shows there for any kind of interests that you may have. Just go and take a look. Thank you very much to Noise Space. Open parentheses, Matt, close parentheses. So those those are the cabbages. These, these? We have these cabbages. We I ate a cabbage once. We live in a cabbage. OP is literally a cabbage, but go off, I guess. There are cabbages out there. There's some other memes. Very cabbage, much cart. Alexa, this is a cabbage. Play a cabbage. Alexa, this is a cabbage. No. Nope. Buy me a cabbage. Alexa, this is so cabbage. Play cabbage. Guy screaming cabbage. Guy, other guy screaming cabbage, guy flipping over a chair saying cabbage. Imagine uh, three people. Um, one of them is looking at one of the other people and one of them looks angry that they're looking at the other people and they all have cabbages for heads. And and under each of them, each one is labeled cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then you see like a red circle and it zooms in and there's like an arrow pointing at the circle and it says, it's, it's cabbage. Cabbage. They walk up through the sort of... They walk up to the temple a little bit farther. What am I trying to say? Think about what you say before you say it.